Welcome to American Gray Matter, the latest and greatest technology in podcasting. You are witnessing cutting edge opinions. We will bring you what's important and we will tell you what to think because we're pretty smart like that and we know, we know things. This is American Gray Matter. Oh, yeah. Make America think again. So, Dimitri, what are we talking about this week? Obamagate just happened, so we definitely need to talk about that. I know that you have a quite a throat trough. That's how you say it in English? Trough? I'm not sure what you're trying to say. Like, like a basket. A basket. Uh, a basket negative of emotions. Feelings, negative emotions <laughs> towards Obama. So let's discuss that. This is like my therapy session. Yeah. And we cannot talk about uh, Obama without touching race. And that's not our fault. This that's, is not. We've yeah. been pushed into the corner and it's been taboo for a long time. So I think let's talk about racism. Well, you can't talk about your anger towards Obama without defending yourself from being a racist. Absolutely. Because anytime you say you hate Obama or disagree with Obama or don't like Obama, people don't think about policies or uh, his whatever else. They right away think it's a blacklash. They think that you are anti-black. Yeah. And then we talk a little bit about, a little conjecture about what's going on with Obamagate. Oh, we absolutely... (laughs) Come on, man. We went into conspiracy theories on full throttle. Yeah. So a lot of cool political stuff. But we might be Um, right. Oh, and some updates on our one meal day. Absolutely. We are trying to... uh, Did we really clarify, though? Like, how... I didn't... We did clarify a little bit on our one meal day, how we were doing. We just uh, described how we're dealing with it. It, This is not a a success. This is not a failure. This is a journey. And we are sharing our journey so you can see we're authentic. We are real. Uh, We want to continue to be open about our victories, about our struggles, about our failures. So if you caught us last week, but you are politically inclined a different direction, um, give us a little grace, listen to our update, and then switch off the podcast. We're fine with that. <laughs> exactly. You can actually. We, we just... don't need you to be angry with us. You could you could just go about your business. Um, but if you like what we're saying, you can stick around and listen to what we have to say. Absolutely. It's getting started right now. Yeah, I'm going to cue the music. It's going to do that cool music right now. Cool. So, Dimitri, how's your week been? I am doing good, considering that I haven't eaten since yesterday. I also have not eaten since yesterday. And uh, we had a meal together. This is a new Indian restaurant in... Is it Boise or Meridian there? Um, it's in Eagle, off Eagle Road, which is... Mer- I think it says Meridian. Yeah, Meridian. so basically it's Meridian. By the way, Meridian, Idaho was voted the best city in America out of all the cities and we are right here so it's pretty cool huh? until I leave and then they might change that yeah so are you feeling uh, tired yeah it's harder to stay energetic when you aren't eating I agree I am a little bit lightheaded and uh, took some, some took some caffeine before I came here so I can be <laughs> able to function <laughs> So basically what we're talking about is last week we had an awesome guest, Jen Stevens. Yes. And she took us through the concept of eating one meal a day. Correct. And we have both strived for that Uh, this week. That would be the right word. (laughs) Uh, I think it would be struggle would be the better word. Striving, struggle. For me, it's definitely a struggle. Uh, I was... I enjoyed really that Indian, again, the place is called Spice, um, nice Indian food. It was a all-you-can-eat buffet, so we tried different uh, chickens and lamb and uh, with spices. It was really nice. And I felt really full for a while, and we agreed not to eat at night 
and you did it and I actually decided to have a, a meal with my wife. The funny thing about that was you were the one encouraging me not to eat. I was. I was. And I was the one saying, well, I don't know if I'll eat tonight. Actually, what happened, it was right after nine and I was thinking I probably should go to bed because if I don't, something's going to happen. Uh, but then uh, Lilia started, said, I, I'm hungry. I want to eat something. And I was goofing around. <laughs> eventually, I gave in. You need to wake up, man. So this is Lilia's fault, basically. No, no, it's my fault. I chose. <laughs> I do not blame her. I chose to eat. Uh, it was a really nice cheese. I like cheese. And, and there was some other food. It wasn't a lot, by the way. Uh, it just kind of snacked. Basically, it was like a snack. I'm very fascinated by self-control. I always have been. I, like, I've always been envious of those people who can just do something. And then that's what they're going to do. And I always wish I was one of those people. Uh, from the people that I've seen, no one has 100% self-control in All the life. time. Like, the, exactly. No one. I think some people can be perceived as having more self-control. But from what I understood, it is uh, dependent on their te personalities and temperament a lot. Because there's certain personalities that just swing more. Remember we talked about Michael Jordan? So he said, he, he, he said I scored more hoops only because I threw more hoops. So on average, actually, it's not that much of a difference. But there's some people just swing more. Gretzky said, every puck you don't hit, you know, you, you missed already. And there's just some people, they already calculated in their mind. And they decided, I'm not going to do it. So you don't see their will. And there's some people, they always do it externally. And so, of course, they only talk about it the times that they succeeded. And, and there's some people who have lifestyles that seem like they're in self-control because they don't like necessarily want to eat much. And like maybe they like to work out, they like to, so they, they, they're, they're fit, they're in shape. It's not that big of a struggle for them to be different than that. Where somebody else might be farther away from their goals and it's harder, it's harder to stretch the rubber band that far. Self-control, changing yourself that much. Maybe, could be also that you don't know there are other areas. How many times you heard the story of someone who is super successful and then, then they crack and it, something comes out and you find out that they had some kind of crazy addiction that nobody yeah. knew about and they had, and they had zero self-control in that area or, or very little self-control. But on the, in the areas that we admire in our current culture in America, um, they, they were doing good. Like you said, maybe they were in shape, maybe they were doing really good in uh, earning money. Maybe they have a family that is um, looking good. One guy comes to mind right away, actually, for me, is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, he was always a hero of mine as an immigrant. I'm an immigrant here. I'm, I'm a naturalized citizen. He's a naturalized citizen. And so in many cases, he was tremendous how he was able to focus. For example, he decided to become the top bodybuilder in the world, and he did it. Then he decided he would become the top paid movie star, and he did it. Then he decided that he's going to be a politician, and he did it. He was a governor of California. California's economy is one of the largest economies in the world. There is many countries that are smaller economies. But guess what? Then we found out that he had an area that he couldn't control. Donald Trump? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Donald Trump and Arnold are picking a fight lately. No, but really, this whole, this whole thing where his marriage blew up because he was um, screwing around with his maid, that was really... <laughs> I don't know how to talk about it. I mean, she is not an attractive woman in, in many... Uh, estimations or, right I, I don't remember what she looks like she honestly. didn't look anything special and uh, but he, so this is this is right back uh, to talking about it is you what you see what really is is two different things many times and so sounds kind of cynical about human nature but no. I think it's 
we need to be aware of that. And I, for me, exploration of that for the last uh, probably 20 plus years uh, was really helpful in actually becoming more gracious with humanity. Yeah, like nothing ever surprises me. Really? I mean, as far as people's behavior. Wow. Like, I'm very I, rarely like I'm uh, I'm gullible just by by my personality I guess or just and so I have to work like on if that. I learned that you had like two other wives I'd be like yeah I can see that <laughs> I don't <laughs> that's why he goes to Vietnam so frequently now I've read lots of books on self-control um I've always been very interested, and to be honest, it hasn't really got me very far. Um, to try, you know, in the Bible even, or like just trying to understand like how to make yourself something you that you aren't necessarily, or, or how to fast. I think I've had a couple breakthroughs this week on on how to fast. Really, what what's that? Um, first of all, I think. Uh, the reason I give in to fasting, I break my fast, is I'm not content. Mm. So in that moment, I'm not satisfied. Now say, one one thing I would do to delay eating, I might go watch a movie or do something I like to do. Like distract myself. That makes sense. Okay, so when I do that, I'm making myself content in that moment. I'm doing something I like to do. So you're talking about that for me... Once the choice, choice presented itself that I can spend time with my wife sharing a meal and just not eating, I just chose something that is more enjoyable. Is that something like that? In your instance, I'm not sure it's 100% to do with you weren't content. That was probably more with it just something. Yeah, it's sort of like that. Okay, that makes sense. Um, and so what I've realized is that the key to fasting when you got nothing going on is to learn how to appreciate the moment you're in. You mean then uh, there's someone talking about as self-present or what? what they becoming self-present and becoming self-present. My habit of do, of what I do when I think about fasting, I think about, hey, if I fasted for a week, I could probably lose like 15, you know, 12 pounds. That'd be pretty cool. And I'd weigh this amount. And then I'm thinking like, I'm thinking like Dave, I'm thinking in the future. And then pretty soon I'm thinking, Man, I'm so hungry right now. Like, I don't think I could last seven days. And I'm in the future. This whole time, I'm thinking about problems in the future. I'm thinking how I'm not going to last seven days or however long I want to fast. So I not only am I, am I um, facing the problems of right now, which is just being hungry. Mm-hmm. I'm facing that I'm probably going to fail tomorrow. And, and the combination of the two is probably something that's made me get off fasting several times. Do you think it's connected at all to your personality? We talk about temperament. Is it, in my personality, as far as I'm analytical, I, I like to think about things a lot. So when mm-hmm. I'm thinking and then I eventually create something that makes me discontent, that can affect me and make me quit eating or make me eat. What do you think? You don't seem convinced. No, I'm not. I don't seem convinced. Um, Take the wind out of my sails. A <laughs> <bit>. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just. For me, every time I achieved something in my life, it was the clarity of the vision that helped me to go through anything in between. So the clearer I saw the result. And when I say result, I'm not saying black and white picture. I'm talking about really technicolor with all the feelings and all the rewards I already imagined. Would you say you were already present with the end? Like you were already in your head enjoying what you were going to win? Yeah. I think my problem is I'm feeling the difference between the two. I'm feeling that I'm not there yet. Well, you, you kind of you work on it. There is, there's actually ways how to do it. But from what I noticed also, it's not, it doesn't work every single time. Sometimes you set a goal and you try to kind of will yourself into creating that image. That's my sec- second realization. That, and it just doesn't happen. So is there's... That, is that you can't fast with self-control. 
that you're not going to be able to make sense of what I'm saying. You cannot like, fast with self-control? Yeah. Hmm. Like, the moment I'm fighting the fast, that's the moment I'm giving in. The moment I'm trying to to fast. The moment I'm trying to, like... It's when I'm, like, thinking, oh, I can last one more hour, two more hours. Then it's a time bomb pretty hmm. soon. Pretty soon I'm going to break my fast. I understand. I actually... I understand so it's that. like floating down a river. That's how I think of fasting now. It's like, okay, I'm floating down the river and I'm just... In, I'm just in doing every moment as it comes. So, um, but the moment, what I did last night was I was, I decided that if I was going to, if I came to that point where I felt like I had to, I had to give in, I was going to give in. I decided that last night and I still managed to not eat last night. So it was sort of like removing that resistance of like, that I have to make myself fast. Once I let go of that, it was a little bit easier to fast. It's kind of like messing with your brain. <laughs> it's almost like self-reverse <laughs> psychology. It was, and it, it kind of worked. It was like, yeah. um, so it just sort of like, I'm not accountable for how well I'm gonna do tomorrow. I might break my fast. If I'm, if I'm fasting tomorrow, I might break my fast tomorrow. That's not my problem right now. My problem right now is to, if, if I just don't want to eat, if that's my goal right now, I'm not going to eat. Yeah. See what I'm kind of trying to say? I, I understand what you're trying to say. Can we take a break? I need to go. Sure. So, like many of my friends, they know I always have these crazy theories. Like, a, they're kind of always half-baked. Like, I haven't really 100% thought them through. Well, there's a whole idea of American gray matter and, um, you know, make America think again. <laughs> it's to, we are not actually experts, as you noticed already. We're just trying to figure out stuff and uh, bring you in on our conversations, bring you in on our way of thinking and processing. And uh, we're definitely always looking for input. Uh, you can reach us uh, through email or social media, so we appreciate it. But going back to what you said, for me, even though Jim convinced me that this is a, a path to go, I am mm -hmm. experiencing right now... Difficulties, technical difficulties, maybe. <laughs> I guess you can call that, that like, the, like the whole idea of not eating, all the indoctrination about eating breakfast. I, and my wife is right now concerned. So actually I told her I'll go to the doctor. I'll explain to him what I'm doing. I actually have to get uh, a permission from the doctor to do that because she's concerned for my health. And wow. so I, right now I have all the all of my indoctrination uh, is fighting me back, you know, to six meals a day, eat something as soon as you get up, etc., etc. And on top of that, my my significant other is concerned for my well-being. And so that created enough pressure for me not to stay uh, one meal a day. So, but that makes sense. And I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't successful all my days. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So that's, so. that's an update. We need to get back to politics. Did you hear about Obamagate? Oh gosh, Obama. Obama. Well, we have no guests now, so I can be 100% political. Yes. You can you can go for it. I was telling you last night how, like, I can't think of anyone in my past that I haven't forgiven, or anyone in my past that I like hold on to any sort of like grudges. Grudges. That is. But that is amazing, actually, because you you've been around for a while. But Barack Obama, <laughs> there is an active situation in my head there, like. There's like active anger against the man and I can't, I don't even know like what to do with it. Can you try to verbalize that, those feelings? So it's, is it frustration or, or anger or. It's uh, like aversion. Or, or wrath. What? It's an aversion. Aversion. Like I just remember, it's Tragic? like, no. it's like I've been abused. We sort of talked about, it. it's like abuse. Okay. Like you see somebody who's abused you. That's how I feel about it. I remember Obama. you mentioned, did you, you said that uh, Barack Obama is passive aggressive. Is that what, did you say that? Yeah, I, is, I think is, he is. Is that, is that what you're talking about? I think it's his preachiness. No, you know, like with passive aggressive, and again, like we talked about, maybe we can um, dive into more uh, in the future. 
But for me, that's exactly the people that probably abuse me more than others because they lead you in and then they push you away. And so you never, you, it's, a, it's a crazy making. And so I, I felt the same thing with Obama, you know, he smiles and he says his things and you, and, know, you, you almost give up. And he's talking down to you. And, it, and exactly the he's same. like 100% confident that his reality is right. In the meantime, you feel like he's just tearing your whole country apart. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and the thing is, it was almost like every single thing he did was like that. There was almost no reprieve. Like, from day to day, everything that he said annoyed me. So, like, he's slitting your throat while he's smiling? Yeah. Oof. But if you're liberal, you, you wouldn't understand how I feel. Like, you wouldn't... How, how, how does a person feel that way? It's like... It's 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 crazy that of all my personal relationships that I feel so intensely about Barack Obama. Like that is interesting. For me, when Obama was elected first time, I was not a citizen yet. I was I was just didn't a, know that. Yeah. So I was, um, I was shocked that Americans would elect him. I wasn't shocked because. I understood the glamour. Uh, no, you know, I, he was I, the first black president. I was actually hopeful about a couple things <clears throat> with Barack Obama, but he let me down with those. Oh yeah, too. He, he let down a lot of people. No, the the whole idea. I understand uh, the whole um, attractiveness of hope and change. I understood that, and unfortunately, uh, Republicans didn't put anyone who was anyway. Uh, good or articulate or pre presentable. Yeah, I, think, I think we had McCain at the time. Yeah, I think we dodged a bullet. The more I learned I, McCain, I agree. The, I, I agree with that as well. I think of Barack Obama sort of as like, a, he really essentially all he did was just hold the government for eight years. Like if Trump could probably just undo every single thing he did eventually. Uh, I hope so. I really hope so. Because I hope so too. So... On one side, I understand why he was elected. On the other side, for me, what I was let down by, uh, by American people is the values. That's what bothers me the most in him, is his values. He's, if you really dissect him, he's anti-American. I know. That's, that's at the core of what irritates me. Mm -hmm. It's like I truly believe that he, that he hates what I, lo what I love. Like the whole the, the, how I saw him is he's here to take down America a few notches down just yeah so like he's I'm like here. a personal vendetta but yeah he's the yes president. exactly exactly that That's, doesn't make any sense at all it, it it doesn't and it does at the same time so of course the second time uh, I was already a citizen so I of course didn't vote for him and so I was again the second time was harder for me than the first time. I was, again, even more surprised yeah. that he was elected. And I understand in a way why people are saying they're leaving, they're going to Canada. I actually was not like seriously contemplating that. Don't misunderstand me. But that thought passed my mind. I said, look, this, is, this country is going to hell in a handbasket pretty soon if he continues to push his agenda. And at the same time, uh, because I love history, I knew that Presidents usually play nice in their first term because they want to be re-elected. But the second term, the, the, there is no, no Can't breaks. wait for Trump's second term, can you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know about Trump. I told you I did vote for Trump. So I am, I'm not 100% sold out on Trump. I'm not 100% I'm not sold out for Trump, but I'm still probably one of his biggest supporters. Like I'm willing to leave the train if the train goes too far a different direction. I understand. Like, so with Obama knowing what he has done right now, bringing back to uh, Obamagate, uh, which those of you, have, if you haven't heard, it's happened uh, just, it's happening right now. Well, let's get on that. Like, um, I think what surprises me is I always envisioned Clinton as being so much worse than Obama. My question is, is, is Clinton's connected in any way to what happened? Because Obama was trailing, he was actively campaigning for Hillary. His wife was actively campaigning. I have a suspicion that the idea didn't come from Obama. It wouldn't surprise me. I have a suspicion because how Hillary was it. What, America's what, Putin. What, he has, what she has done, my suspicion is that she 
either, of course, no matter how you turn around from what I heard, Obama was aware of what's happening. Now, the question is, was he actively involved or was he just tacitly winking at what's happening? Because again, remember that uh, Hillary was part of the government as well as a defense secretary. Well, I don't think no, she no was defense. a secretary of, state, secretary of state. I don't think she was during this period of time. No, I understand, but she, she no, she's connected to everyone I'm, there. She's probably still more connected than Trump is at this point. Oh yeah, definitely. And so <laughs> my idea is if there was anybody who's, who was on the side of Hillary, just presented that to Obama, said, look, this is what's happening. Uh, we want Hillary to win. Let's check if we can dig something out. So, so we have extra aces in our in our hands. So if things get too close uh, to call, we can we can put it in the last in the last second, and so push Hillary over the hill to to become a president. Because there was really no reason for the, they were convinced. Remember, they were hundred percent convinced that Hillary will win. So this is not anything. Uh, it, it's just a, a, for me. I see it's it's. I, I don't know. I, Do you think I, he took chances because he didn't think that Trump was going to win? That's what I think. I mean, at this point, they were sitting on the tape of the whole TMZ thing that Trump said, you know, the grabbing women. They were sitting. They were sitting on that. Pro- yeah. at that was that. Is that timeline correct? Correct. They were sitting on the. If, if you're sitting on that in modern American politics, you pretty much think you, you're going to win. That's that's I true. I mean, no other candidate has ever survived anything again, like that. Again, I for what I foresee. Again, I, I and I don't know. I just because how much I dislike Hillary. Uh, I America's just, Putin. <laughs> she isn't. I mean, I feel well, like she, she probably she is. She definitely her strategies are very very close to how Putin runs his his government. So you you about right about that. So, but. Do you, my question is, of course, we are right now in a, completely in, in a place of conjecture and, and conspiracy theories. So we might go, might, might as well go there. Do you think it's Obama's doing or do you think he was led there by Hillary? Well, or, or, I wouldn't even say that he stepped outside of his ideological safe zone. Like he, in his mind, I'm not saying he thought he was doing anything wrong. He, he, he probably thought Trump was with the Russians, even though it's crazy, um, just from his perspective. Like, he, he might have been doing everything he thought he was supposed to do. Yeah, I'll put the fifth on the Russians this time because I think I, because I was born there, I just don't have an objective way to really look I, at that. I, like, I don't understand. I like the Russians. Like, I like Russian people. I, I think Putin's, you know, he's, he abuses his power, sure. But no one will disagree with that. We're talking about Putin. And talk about Obama. One thing you cannot take away from Putin, he is pro-Russian. Exactly. He is pro-Russia. Russia and has so many things in in uh, communion with America. It's insane that we're such adversaries. You get you have two big dogs. Yeah, uh, America, the, America is the, the most thing. powerful economy and a military might in the world. At one time, Russia when it was part of Soviet Union, was rivaling, or at least they're trying to go toe-to-toe with America. America is the, uh, Russia is the largest landmass country in the world. We're, it's in a political sense, it makes perfect sense why they would look at each other um, as adversaries. But if you look at the people of Russia, there's many traditional sort of like Christianish, you know, kind of like that, that vein of people that are Russian, right? You, yes, of course. You would almost, you could... If you took a step outside it and, and like removed like the language barrier and the names of like the churches and stuff, you would find that isn't there a lot of similarities between a lot of American people and a lot of Russian people? Absolutely. Culture-wise, it's, there's a lot of similarities. Again, like you said, when you have been a country that's been on top or at least close to the top, so many times you develop certain national characteristics and so Russian people also, they are, um, they're proud to be I wouldn't Russians. say we're traditional anymore. They might be a reflection I, of our old... I, I will still disagree with that. I, I think America, this whole craziness with uh, bigotiers, and you know who bigotiers are? No. Bigotiers is people that call everybody bigot. Oh, it yeah. came from uh, Tim Ferriss. 
of the Tim Ferriss uh, for our Workweek fame uh, and some other books. He invented that word. And the reason he did that because right now they, they were called social justice warriors or SJW. But he said that war, that doesn't carry negative connotation. And he decided we need to fight that with words. I didn't know Tim Ferriss was political. I always thought his stuff was like health. Like You should listen to his interview with Dave Rubin. It's it's really profound interview uh, where he talks about this, these things and he explains really uh, certain... He's definitely not on the right. You know, he's the only person ahead of us in... The search, if you search for one meal a day. No way. Tim Ferriss, yeah. We are, we are Because he interviewed General McChrystal, mm-hmm. who is a general and who was a general in the army, who would only eat one meal a day. Hmm. So How about that's, that? That's, that's, I've actually listened to that podcast. I, I need back. to listen to the podcast. I told you he has a podcast where he talks about um, high achievers in different areas. And that's what he mentioned his, about that they don't eat a lot. A lot of them skip breakfast. And that's kind of, again, um, perked my, my mental ears. So what has to happen for me to let go of my active anger against Obama? I won't call it unforgiveness. <laughs> how, do I, how do I get over this? Well, let's see how Obama gate develops. Because, again, if he was actively involved, he's going to go to prison. If he was really, if it, if it was him. I don't know, dude. Like, people have a way of of like when it comes to famous people Mm -hmm. and like politicians that so many people look up to they have a way of making the rules seem different for those people i understand i understand what you're talking about i mean so but like i said if if that if that thread that they're pulling right now will lead somewhere where there's more and more things will be revealed and unfortunately for obama he has some dark things that happen this whole thing with iran this whole thing with Russia, remember when he talked to Medvedev, he said, you know, tell Vladimir, you know, let's play nice, then I can... There is, uh, of course, this whole situation with the Muslim world that, again, there's so many shady things. And if this is the thing that can pull everything out... They're a bit more optimistic than no, I No, I'm talking, again, again, we are, we are in, a, in a land of complete conjecture now. But I'm saying if, if they pull out really something huge, there is a remote chance he goes to prison. Most likely, he will just tarnish his legacy, which for for me will be enough, because right because I would like to just see him humbled. <laughs> I I declare I have declared on Twitter and everywhere else. By my estimation, he's the worst president ever. Now there is a depends how you look at that. You know, there's different. Um, I guess uh, how you can say. It? measurements how you can measure but for me again for him coming out on many uh, measurements as anti-american that's what makes him the worst president ever he would have been the most effective liberal president under one situation if hillary clinton had become president Hmm. because he he really has shifted the the direction of the boat Fortunately, he's been fighting the tide. He's been fighting the waves to get there, but he has turned the whole boat even around. bigger than Roosevelt. You know, I, it's that's way past my <laughs> wheelhouse. I can't talk about Roosevelt, but okay. I, what I'm just saying is like he needed Clinton to become president to to stamp it. Yes, as sort of permanent. You're absolutely right. If Hillary become president, everything that he has done would become etched. Into American, but because fabric. so many of the things he did were semi permanent, th- we have hope. We do. It really was worst case scenario. I really and you know what terrifies me is that Hillary actually won the the, the overall vote. I just can't. I can't fathom it. It doesn't. Because it doesn't make any sense to me. It does because California has the largest population. But how can they be so wrong? What's wrong with them? <laughs> Like, why can they not see? <laughs> no. I just want to shake them. It's, uh, Don't shake them. Nathan, <laughs> we have two visions of America right now. I've and talked to... I understand. That, I just don't understand how they, like, can't, can't see, like, how they were becoming sort of like a... They were changing fundamentally who we were mm-hmm. as a nation in a bad way. But Correct. people don't... People can't see that. Because, again, they think that the, what America really was 
is immoral and bad and even evil. That's how they see that. This whole story, and of course, they bring up the, the, the racism, they, they bring up uh, capitalism, they, they bring up a uh, whole Native American situation when, as, as America came and how they treated Native American population, and many, many other things piled up on that. So, does it just come down? They judge. Does it just come down to race? Does it just come down to, as I never wanted to think of myself as like, a white nationalist mm-hmm. ever like that's not been my identity but with barack obama in in the present eight years you start he, he's drawing the race lines he, and you, you you start to feel insecure about where you are like what you know it, i don't think i was like that at all before barack obama he polarized we have the race situation in america right now is as bad as it was in 60s if not worse because of, again, that's another measurement why I say that he's the worst president ever, is because how much he polarized and divided the United States on so many lines. Uh, racial line is the most prominent one. If we have so many racial problems right now. Uh, income, um, sex, uh, gender, um, attitude towards uh, capitalism, socialism, attitudes towards government, attitudes towards um, protecting this earth or not protecting it. There's just so many things. And unfortunately, he drew those lines in places that are, that are incorrect. See, for me, public education has many problems. Public education is another one. And my teachers in high school, they, they, they remember me. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> they remember me too. I've heard people say from third-party sources that I wouldn't even know they were talking about me. Here, here, somebody say that I was actually the worst student to ever attend Homedale High School. I've How heard somebody. That? Congratulations, Nathan. Sh- but that being said, with all my problems, I and I, I take fault too. I just mm-hmm. wasn't the right person to go to public education. Okay. But of all the things that I have bad to say about public education, the one thing I have good to say is that they taught me about racism. They taught me about being sensitive to other races, to not to not view like other people. You know, sort of like breaking the boundaries in early education of racism. Like not... I think that I had a very equal view of, you know, like it was almost a non-issue for me mm-hmm. going up through like Homedale, like elementary school and stuff, like learning about those things. Um, le- people from the left <clears throat> probably will ask you right away how many um, black students you had, how many Hispanic no, almost students you had, not. Well, a lot how of Hispanic. Asian students you had. Um, and so the, if but the you, truth is, I don't need to validate myself with, you know, that's the point. No, but it you shouldn't understand, matter. But they it will, shouldn't matter. Yeah, absolutely. But Look, that's, that's the I didn't whole, see it as, as an issue, whether there was 10 or 1 or, like, I didn't care. It was a non-factor. And that's not a liberal point of view on racism. That's my point of view. It's mm-hmm. like it shouldn't shouldn't really matter. No, but for the most you, things, it shouldn't you, matter. Do you hear what again? The way they divided race right now, they just they make your your point invalid. They say, like, well, whatever. You really have no because I don't no, understand. You have no leg to stand because on. Because I side. don't. I don't. I can't comprehend their point of view. Not that. who who cares? They exactly. Can't, they that, can't know my point of view. Exactly. It doesn't matter. But Everybody have, view, is in charge of their own happiness. Correct. But in their, in their view, your point is invalid because... And I'm, I'm, I'm insensitive and I'm racist because I don't, like, I don't understand the, the plight of somebody else. Correct. Correct. Yeah. I, and, that's, and that's Obama's work <clears throat> because this is not, this is not how uh, race was looked at before. The race was looked at before is that as long as you're not do not think, do not believe. You don't have hatred. And your basically. heart that you're better. In fact, or all, belief, all yeah. hatred. You are not racist. That's, so you, that's what I hold on. That's my concept. Yeah. Nobody can change that. Thankfully, nobody can reach in my brain and say, <laughs> you have to think differently than you do. Correct. It doesn't matter how many people come against me. That's my belief. You don't believe you're better than somebody else. Like, and you don't believe, and you don't hate people. You know, people can call me racist all they want. I believe those two things. I know I'm not racist. Exactly. 
However, like I said, that's what happened. If because of Obama and his administration and the way they've run the race right now, anyone's view, unless you're a minority, so basically they, they made sure that right now the left thinks and they proclaim and they teach everybody else that if you're white, cisgender, they call, you know, like basically heterosexual, white male, your point is invalid because... And I just and say then, it wrong. Exactly. And I have a voice and I can say that. Thank God we're in America, right? <laughs> yes. And this is the reason why we... One of the reasons why we have this podcast, because uh, the issue of race will continue to come up more and more. And the reason I think why it's going to come up uh, more and more is because of the uh, immigration situation right now in U.S., in Europe specifically. It will come up before Soviet Union break apart. We start having... Uh, racial issues but not so much racial there were more ethnic issues but it's very close racial race ethnicity it's it's uh, there and same thing happened in Yugoslavia remember how they put together a bunch of people and right now I think it's like a half a dozen countries that came out of that but same thing happened in uh, Soviet Union we started having ethnic tensions more and more and more and so eventually this also played into the whole dis- disintegration of Soviet Union now, I'm not saying it's a bad thing what happened with the disintegration of Soviet Union, but what I'm saying is when there is a crisis, hap- crisis ha- come too close for the country, race and ethnicity are always going to bubble up to the top. And that's what concerns me the most about the United States of America right now, because there is some people, what they call themselves alt-right, they actually speaking about. They actually talk about. Do they about, call themselves all right? Yeah, yeah. Or they come up with it. No, no. I they, thought Hillary just started calling people all right. Uh, Richard Spencer is. He was one of the ideologues of the uh, alt right. He came up with that. He actually started okay. a website. And she's just trying to label other people into that. Category. Correct. Alternative. He called the alternative right. I think it's been like I haven't studied it deeply enough. 10, 10, 15 years ago, they started that when they the whole idea. They said, well, conservatism is dead. The, the, the right that we're talking about. We need to come up with something else. And so they, of course, again, once once the social fabric of society disintegrates, people become tribal. I know. And I, I don't believe in that either. Uh, but that's you know? it's tribalism. And of course, it's e- the easiest way to tribalize is first of all, go by skin color because it's so visible. You know, like I said, you cannot, nobody can see your brain. Nobody can see your character. Nobody can see content of your character. But everybody can see. see I've you know. always thought Obama was a, a huge racist <laughs> because he's the one making us into tribes. He's the one separating us. He's the one division. He's the one bringing the division. But you know, the left will say you cannot be racist unless you're white. You well, know he, I, I, I won't judge him as far no, as no, like, the, the whole idea of racism. I, I feel like I'm less racist than Barack Obama. Like, <laughs> I, I know nobody can take that away from yeah. me. Yeah, that's my point of view. Again, because I was looking at that from the left, their idea, and that's why your point is invalid. Your point is invalid specifically because you're a white American male. Because you are part of the... Thank God that I can just have my point of view and there's nothing anyone else can yes, do about it. Yes, true. So it is valid. For No, of course it is valid. Not yeah. For them, it's invalid for the reason that, that a white majority had the power, have the power to push others away from opportunities or income. Or Which I'm against. You don't push anyone away. Exactly. But because you're part of because you're part of the white majority, you're already culpable just by association. That's the whole point. And that's why they say you cannot be a racist if well, you, you are... Well, you need a better lawyer. If, you're, if, <laughs> you, if o- you become a criminal, that doesn't make me a criminal. Yeah, you only can be racist if you're white. Every, yeah. If you're not... A white person, because you don't like they say you have you have no power, you have no political power, uh, financial power, or any other kind of influence. You are cannot be racist just by that definition, which is like we talked about. They come what what left does they take something, and they completely change the meaning of that word. They've done it so many times. I did a, I did an interview uh, last month where I had about dozen different words that they took. And they completely changed. The recent one is is love. When they come up with love trumps hate, and they destroy, they almost kill some people. They burn things. They they destroy property, and they say love trumps hate. They they basically ruining the word love. They they ruined the word social. They they ruined the the word. Um, uh, but we just need to stand up and say 
We know what love is. They can think what they think. Yep. And we, we can't be insecure just because they think something differently. Yeah. Like, there's different people. We just need to push back a little bit. Yeah. There's different people fight a different way. Uh, certain people decide to say, you know what? I am racist. I've thought about, you know, it's no, a weird thing. This please is, understand. I, I know. The word racist doesn't really. Racist just means that you make distinctions based on race. Correct. They just, they just go by, by just basic definition. And like I said, they've been changed drastically. So if you, you're technically, if you say like women are more likely to wear a dress than men, that is a sexist Correct. statement. Correct. Because you're making a distinction based on sex. Correct. And that's the confusion with the word sexist and racist is because because they can be applied so liberally, but yet they have such a negative connotation to them. Mm -hmm. And they should, but we should also make the distinction of just the difference between just making a distinction on something and being immoral, being saying something hateful or something denigrating to a whole race of people. Like if I said, if I chose to make a broad statement about a race of people and it was negative, and even if statistically it was true, I wouldn't do it because I feel like that would denigrate other people. Correct. So some people just decide to just say, I am racist. Not with a negative connotation, maybe some do. The others decide to now uh, exalt their own race. So there is, of course, now white supremacist. Like PewDiePie, which was horrible. <laughs> which is... He's not going to be on our interview after I said that. I think, uh, well, I invited him uh, to be on the <laughs> podcast. I was stepping back because once you told me about the sign about... So you thought he Jews. was racist? Well, the, the, that's too far. You don't make a sign that says kill the Jews or he, he apologized for that. You may apologize yeah. for that, but that's not something I want to promote. I understand. But I think it would be interesting to interview him on our podcast and really ask him what, what, what's, what's, what's going on in your mind. How do you come up with that? Because the idea is actually, from what I understood, and we have to ask him... He thought they're not gonna do that, but they they just did it. So again, we have to we have to talk about it later. So back so some people they just go and start saying my race is better. So there's white supremacists, uh, there's black supremacists with Black Lives Matter, and of course there's other races saying the same thing. So um, and the third one is actually people say, what are you talking about? So the the idea is you see the idea is if somebody calls you racist, then we talk about negative connotation. Somehow, deep inside, they probably know that you're not racist. Because, because it would not sting you if you, if you say, okay, yes, I am it's racist. It's insulting. It's yeah. insulting, exactly. That's why they call you racist, because you don't want to be racist. Exactly. In that's, essence, almost making you not racist, because that's not something you They want. actually, somehow, they actually prove that you are not racist by calling you racist. And the, the word racist, really, right now, it's... It, that's how left does. Left, they take a word, they really squeeze any kind of meaning out of it and make it useless. So, so many words became I think useless. the right needs to be smarter about that, about words. Like, the, ra the racist and the sexist, we should start adding words to, like, to that, like, immoral racism or, but... Well, there's you know, more, like there was more ways anti, to, to be more specific. Yeah, anti-racist right now. Basically, that's a white person who's not racist is anti-racist, something like that. But the whole idea of race really is... Non-racist. Non-racist. Non non I don't know. <laughs> is there any hope for us? I, I don't know. Like the whole <laughs> idea when, when uh, Hillary uh, called a bunch of people from Trump camp in, in deplorables, basically, you know, irredeemables. Which is me. A probably. lot of people, what they decided, they put on the Twitter profile, deplorable so-and-so. Yeah. So instead of say no adorable, adorable. They, they decided to wear it as a badge of honor so this is this is one way that people do that then there is people from the Ben Shapiro camp and, and I, I invite him into our podcast as well hopefully because in America the reason the left uses that uh, for the last uh, since 1960s the word racist is one of the most horrible insults I that you can ever that you can ever it, hurt, it would hurt me if someone called me racist even though I would stand up for myself and I'm sure people would. Call, I'm sure people listening to this would call me racist. Why and would they call you racist? Because I'm not actively promoting, like a minority. I'm not trying to make up for something that happened in the past. And that would hurt me. Like they have the ability to hurt me in essence because I don't like to be called racist. Exactly. If people were on Twitter calling me racist, I wouldn't enjoy that. I understand. Now that doesn't change what I'm going to say or 
you know, my point of view. Yeah, once again, it's the, the word racist has, has very heavy uh, baggage with it. And like I said, it's, it's one of the worst insults that you can call somebody. And that's why they use that. It's basically a way to shut, out, shut the conversation. It's a way of calling you immoral. Or, oh, worse, or much worse, or, much worse. It's a way to call. It's you. almost like the modern day thing of calling someone an adulterous. You know, it's like the new morality. It's the new deplorable. Is the this fact what deplorable. deplorable is the word basically irredeemable. This person has no hope. Irredeemable no. to who? I would ask her that question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is her theology exactly? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But this is the idea, and I think the, the whole idea of race right now, especially with Trump uh, working on immigration, when if you're, if you're anti-Muslim invasion in America, you're called racist. If you want to secure the southern border, you are racist. If you want to, uh, to protect uh, cultural heritage, you're racist. I mean, I see this whole thing is gonna be about race. This is gonna be a racist podcast. <laughs> this podcast is racist. We should maybe that should be the title. Because <laughs> we're well, making a distinction based on we're talking about race. That makes well, the, it racist. The, the whole idea. Uh, there was a lot of uh, commentators uh, from the left. They called it backlash. Did you hear that when the, when uh, uh, Trump became president? They they said the reason people voted for white, yeah, you know, they white, make it personal. white old man, like, like I did it because I hated hate Barack Obama because right. he was black. Yeah, which exactly. is which is stupid. I almost used the word retarded, but that's yeah. not something we can use anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like, but that's that's how they they present. Barack it. Obama's blackness has absolutely nothing to do with anything. About what about what about Hillary's uh, femaleness or what did it? That she's a female. I wouldn't mind a female that believed everything I believed. Like I'd like, I wouldn't. Sarah Palin would be a bit goofy, but I'd I'd like her as president. Well, I Le would Pen, be fine with it. Le Pen right now is surging in polls. There's a chance that Marie Le Pen in France, she's a she's a far right uh, politician, and she's she's pro pro France. She's against immigration. She's against she against Islam. It's like really really hardcore, and so she has a chance to become first. French uh, prime minister, I think they call it there, and so that's the interesting question right now. You know, that's you uh, just use the scientific method, or you change a variable. You know, like okay, I didn't like Hillary because she's a woman. Mm -hmm. Well, all you have to do is just replace Hillary with a different woman, and you can answer the question: Is it because I'm sexist? Exactly. So if there's any other woman in the whole world that I'd be okay with being president, I'm not a sexist. Exactly. Anymore. So Marie Le Pen, people don't have rational thinking. They no, can't. They no. can't think that way. Well, left always comes with emotions, and when you always drive with emotions, uh, logic many times will not fit together. By the way, about Marie Le Pen, I'm really impressed. She went to Iran, and they told her to wear. Uh, I thought she didn't go because she wouldn't wear. Oh, she. I'm not sure. Okay, well, or she wouldn't see it. Certain person, maybe that from was what thing. from what I saw that they actually gave her like they said, okay, you need to wear this. She's she, she's like, no, I'm not wearing this. This is this is this is really. And to clarify, because we never said it, she was the what was she like a headscarf? Yeah, headscarf. Yeah, yeah. yeah when she was meeting with with Muslim uh, politicians, so this is this is courageous. When we talk about courage, yeah. I I consider this courageous. I have huge respect because this is not her culture. This is not her religion. This is not her God. She has no obligation yeah. to really do that. So people, a lot of people, of course, on the left will scream, well, but what about respect? Well, what about respect for her? That's the thing. Respect goes both ways. Yeah. So. Now, did I, I told you that I, I talked to, on Facebook, I got a hold of Daniel Boria. Yes. You the told dude me. that flew the, the balloons. And do the you know chair? that it's not the first time? The, the dude I told you about, it happened in Los Angeles. That's years oh, ago. Oh, you told me about a different person? Yep. I didn't know that. Yeah, exactly. But still. Exactly. He says that he'll most likely talk to us after he, he gets sentenced. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and, uh, so that'd I, be cool. I have to check. I have to, I'll find the book and find the name of the original guy and see if he's available somewhere. But it's... I, I thought you were the one that told me like in Alberta or something. I thought I got the information. I, we, were talking about, about, we were talking about... We were talking about... So, we were talking about race on this podcast. We were planning to talk about 
temperaments or kind of go into personality. I have a way of just steering you away from whatever you're no, no, but talking it's, about. But we, we, but we mentioned uh, that we need to talk about race and ethnicities in, um, in the first podcast. And I think it's good that it came out because it, it, with Obama right now, uh, any kind of attack on his presidency, I guarantee you there'll be people that come out on his side and will say the same thing. They will say it's a black black lash and they'll say the only reason he's attacked is because he is first black president. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, I've already heard those things. Already? Well, I, it's always something people talk about. Yeah. You yeah. know, on, on the news or CNN or, you yeah. know. Well, let's, let's give a call to action to, to our listeners if you could uh, try to figure out what do you what do you think about what means a racist? Do you have a neutral meaning? Do you have a positive meaning? Do you have a negative meaning? Uh, will you be offended if someone calls you racist? I think it's a good idea, right? To, to just for people to think. Remember, our podcast is to encourage people to think, make America think again, because this is a this has been such a taboo subject. For so many years, and so again, the reason why left is using that against the right is is like if I had said some of the things in this podcast to like an open group of people that were on the other side, I would have been ridiculed by now, probably. <laughs> I understand what you're talking about. You know, this I was didn't understand that I didn't. You know, for me also when I looked at American history. For me, it's laughable. Again, because I didn't grow up here. I didn't go to American uh, school, so I, so I can get the education here. And so do you know this whole story about the Democratic and Republican Party swapped racism? That the Democrats were... But like, we didn't. We didn't ever. No, I, I was thinking, like, okay, how, please explain to me, how would they play musical chairs? How would they... Just, what do you mean, like, everybody swapped? And, you know what I think? I think that what initiated it was the Hoover investigation of the civil rights leaders. That sort of changed who a lot of the black people, like, decided they, they became more democratic at that point. From what I understood, and we can dig deeper, and again, to figure this out... From what I understood, blacks were uh, leaving um, Republican Party, the party of anti-slavery, since 1930s when the New Deal came out, because New Deal was was beneficial for the blacks. The other reason they were leaving specifically the South is because there was other economic opportunities more up north. So there was there was from what I understood, there were several reasons why blacks were. Uh, switching from being Republican to being Democrat, and it started long, long ago, before before nineteen sixties, where um, affirmative action, action came, and where um, you know all the all the race situation really kind of blew up in the face. And then, of course, you also have to remember that um, it became between gold, 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 not Goldberg, right? Gold. Mm. Yeah, we have, we have to look. I have to look I into know, that. I, I even have a hard time even just saying like why a group of black people did something. I, maybe I am more progressive than you think. Uh, well, because it's just like because I know that there's somebody, there is like some there's going to be a black individual that resents me saying something because I they think I identify their whole race in a certain way, mm-hmm. like sort sort of like if you say it that way that it's sort of like that they were only motivated by what they get. So like. Maybe I am slightly progressive. <laughs> I don't know. Then we need to talk about what progressive means because again, that's that's another word that I think leftists took. Like, and like I try to be sensitive. That. I try to be sensitive. I really do, but I won't let that. I won't let someone call me a racist or, like, I try to be sensitive to how somebody would hear that. Like, if if somebody else was a different race and they heard it how they might take it personally. Like, I would be, I would be aware of that. I, I understand. And of course, there, is ra- there are racists. Like, right now, this uh, family from Kansas got convicted because uh, they drove a truck with Confederate flag uh, and stopped by some 80-year-old boy, you know, black boy, and was just screaming uh, racist slurs and, and uh, you know, just ruined his birthday, which is, which is that kind of... So it was considered... Uh, it was judged to be hate crime. And I agree with that. You just don't do stuff like that. I mean, like you said, this is 
we're not talking about sensitive right now. We're talking about downright immoral to do something like that. All right. Well, we're almost at the end of our podcast. Yeah. It's, uh, it would be a good podcast. I, as, as always, we hope that it made you think. You can um, let... I think this needs to also delete this, this pause. You can check this later. They please, accept our flaws. Please let uh, three people know about this podcast. We're trying to grow that. This is uh, American Grey Matter. We're not trying. We're successfully... We got a lot of hits last week. We did? Yeah, from, from Jen Stevens' interview. That was, a, that was good. That was That's great. great. And we have another guest uh, coming up uh, already. We recorded podcast. We're working that. Nima Sanandaji. Nima Sanandaji with uh, uh, talking about socialism. He is from Sweden. And that should be next week. It should be next week, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then we have uh, other guests lined up. If you want us to interview someone that will help us to uh, help America think again, please don't hesitate to send us email or reach out to us on social media. Because we are here to figure out how to think. Oh, yeah. All right, guys. Catch you next week. Bye.